But I will say, God is good. And God, in His infinite wisdom, has seen fit to totally confound Pastor Tony. And so that means that he's going to have to take total control of everything that we do and say. Amen? Because I've, as usual, over-prepared. I've had, was working on a couple of messages and... Um, one, I'm, I'm so looking forward to being with the young folks in the community tomorrow. I was preparing for that and had a Hebrews, a message out of Hebrews that I had been working on. And then in the wee hours this morning, something changed. And so we're going to go with that. And I say all that to say this. If you look at the way the Lord operates, and as much as we study, we pray, we read, we do, God is going to have His way. But we have to let him. Amen? So that's what I'm going to do here this morning. And I think that it's even more important to realize that if that truly is God nudging and Holy Spirit prompting, then that means that you, me, we're here for a reason this morning. That God is speaking to us specifically. Amen? Or maybe it's just somebody watching over the internet or hearing it as a recorded message. It doesn't matter. God meant this to be for you. Amen? Amen. But I'm going to pray. We've had a a prayer request. I've just, when I went into the office earlier, there's someone left a a prayer request, someone who's not a member of the church but sought us out. So there again, I want to say that we've been sought out. This congregation has been sought out. This group of people, God knew who would be here this morning. So we're going to pray specifically for each other, obviously, but then what we normally do, but then specifically... This, this person who's called, I want to also include them because they've asked to be included. Amen. Amen. They sought you out. Amen. 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 So God, here we are again in the presence, in your presence, trying to draw near to you. Lord, in your presence, everything changes. Lord, change us. And even as we come to you in this attitude of prayer, Lord, not just seeking things that we can realize in this life, but Lord, seeking you. Lord, for the rest of the time that we have together this morning, Lord, let whatever again is done and said here, let it draw all of us closer to you and you closer to us. Thereby, Lord, we will change. We will be changed more into the image of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our very soon coming King. Lord, that's our desire. But then also, Lord, You've told us to intercede. You've told us to pray for one another. So, Lord, that's what we're doing here this morning. Lord, there are so many of us that are in our atmospheres, in our circles, as individuals, Father, who we know um, that they're there for a reason. And you've put them on our heart this morning for a reason. Lord, whether they be sick in their body, Father, whether they just be emotionally suffering this morning, Father, maybe they're in depression or there's just suffering circumstances. Lord, we lift them up to you right now. Lord, Touch them. Heal their body. Heal their mind. Lord, thank you that you have given us in the name of Jesus and by everything that he did at Calvary for us, we can approach you in this matter and you'll hear us. And you are merciful. And you are healing even those who are sick in their body. Lord, specifically for Larry McDonald who is has prayed specifically. He wants us to join him in prayer, Lord. He wants more love in his life. Lord, he wants, he wants to have 
a, a greater trust in you. He wants to believe in you like he's never believed before. And ultimately, Lord, he wants, while he's doing this, he's praying, Lord, that he would have spiritual protection. So, Lord, I discern that the enemy is attacking this man. That the enemy is bringing different things to his doorstep. And he's praying for spiritual protection. So right now, Lord, let your love be his protection. Father, in Jesus' name, as he grows in the love, as he experiences further love in Christ, Father, thank you that he's going to also grow in trust. And thank you that the enemy will flee as he submits himself. In Jesus' name. We thank you for what you're going to do in Larry's life right now. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we've all put our faith and our trust in you here this morning. So minister to us, speak to us, lead, guide, and direct in everything. Amen? Amen. So now, those of us who have been together on Sundays and Wednesdays, we're going to go back into some of these Um, stories and some of these issues that we have discussed, and I believe it's for a reason. So we're going to begin in Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will, not, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He said, here I am. <clears throat> Do not draw near this place. Take the sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am God, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses did hide his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Amen? We've been there a couple of times. And remember, the whole premise before was that there was a work. Moses was called, even before he was placed in his mother's womb, there was already a calling on his life. And Moses was born, and, and that was in him. So even before he was, this happened, he was already acting upon it. That's why he killed the Egyptian who was oppressing the, his, his brothers, his Hebrew brothers, amen? He was already acting on something. It was already inside of him to do this, but he had to go through this process, you see. And so this is where this process begins, amen? Actually, it began before that, but here's where God places that call on him. But let's, look, look at where, where, where we are in this scripture. What caught his attention? There was a burning, there was a bush that was on fire, but was not being consumed. And that, it's, it grabbed his attention. Remember, he's in the middle of, again, fulfilling the call that he knows on his life. He's a leader. He's a shepherd. He's protecting this sheep. He's protecting this flock. He's, that's what he's doing. That's what's inside of him to do. He's doing it. But now, that, that, that wasn't the fulfillment. That was the complete fulfillment. So now, God is calling him, but there was this, this notice, this, this thing that had to catch his attention. So this morning, my brothers and sisters, attention, getting, God getting attention, God keeping attention. What is your attention on right now? And what do you need for God to do to keep your attention? We all as humans, and some of us, especially when we're young, we have very short attention spans. Amen? We're here, this is good for a little while, now we're on to the next thing. Not so with God. There was this major thing that, take, that took place that was something that changed everything for Moses. Amen? So now let's go ahead. We're going to go and talk about someone else here in, in Acts chapter 9, 
beginning in verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Let me pause here for context in case some of you haven't been here in a little while. This is right after Stephen was martyred. And Paul was the one who uh, gave sanction to it. He held the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death. And so we know that Saul is this Pharisee, this, this great Pharisee. He's a zealot for God. And he's so zealous for God, he's killing the church. He's so very zealous. He, he thinks he's doing God a favor. He thinks he's, you know, he's a soldier in God's army and he's killing this heretical new way uh, and he's taking care of that. So now he's continuing to do that. He goes to the high priest to get letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, to, he said, Who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. My brothers and sisters, I want to point out two things very quickly that just appeared to me, and I hope that it will mean something to you as it did me. Now, remember when Moses looked and it was about to get near that bush, and God warned him, take your sandals off, don't do this, don't look. You know, the place that you're standing on is holy ground. This is, okay, I got your attention. Now listen, right? Moses reacted. How did he react? He hid his face. He hid his face. He acknowledged God. Why? How do I know that? How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No, because he, that was there. he hid his face because if he were to look upon God, he would die. So he was acknowledging right there and there. See, he already, he already had a knowledge of the Hebrew God. He wanted to be identified with his people. He already had a knowledge of, of the Hebrew God. He knew of God, but he didn't know God. But he's about to meet him right now, isn't he? And so he hears this, he hears God speaking to him. The bush got his attention. God now has his attention. Now listen up. And Moses acknowledges this is God, hides his face. Saul, doing God's work, he is a, he is a zealot for God. He knows the law backward, forward. He studied at the feet of Gamaliel. He's, he's got the best of the, the religious education that he could possibly have. And he's so enthralled in it. He's so motivated by it. He's so passionate for the things of God that he's flat out killing people because this is not the way. These people are against the true worship of God, the God that I know. Amen? But so now look, something gets his attention. What happened? Quite opposite. Instead of seeing something, he went to seeing nothing. First a bright light and then nothing. But he heard the voice. The voice. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you? I don't even know who you are. It's me, Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And, th- and I like what Jesus says. It's tough for you to kick against the goads. Do you, you know, many of you here or listening or watching, you know what the goad is. That was something that was uh, like a stick with a pointed end that they would hit the ox with. So now, think about that. If the ox uh, needs to be goaded, that means he either is uh, going the wrong way or doesn't want to go at all. So now Watch. To me, when Jesus is saying, you find it, it's difficult to kick against the, against the goads. God was already dealing with him. Why? Because he's kicking against the goads. He's doing something against something. It's tough to kick. I think God, and if, listen, if he wasn't having 
uh, second thoughts or if he wasn't having some kind of encounter with the true and living God, then why would it would be interpreted that way to kick against the goads? Why would he feel any discomfort or a prick as if he was kicking against, against the goads? Are you with me? I'm not trying to go sideways here, but I'm trying to say, my brothers and sisters, sometimes we do the same thing. Sometimes it's so, it's, it's so easy for us, but then again, we know down in the heart when Holy Spirit is, is pricking us. And, you know, we're doing something. We've made a decision. You know, uh, we're, we're, we're going a certain place or we're doing a certain thing or we're, we're, we're hanging out with a certain person or people and we just know that something's off a little bit. We feel the prick of the Holy Spirit. Are, are you with me? It's tough to kick against the goads, isn't it? So that's the message. But, but again, Paul acknowledges who he is. What do you want me to do, Lord? Did you hear that? Attention? Acknowledging who he is, what are we doing? Are you with me? Okay, I'm glad you are. (laughs) So now let's jump ahead again. This is after Jesus is is already risen from the dead. And when I speak this, I mean, so many of you will be familiar with it, but then you'll hopefully, the Lord will help us all to understand what he's trying to minister to us this morning. In John chapter 20, beginning in verse 26. After eight days, his disciples were again inside. After how many days? Eight. Eight days. So this is eight days after he had already risen and they had seen him for the first time. Now remember, Thomas wasn't there that first day, right? So here's what it says. His disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach, reach, here, uh, reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord, my God. Why did Jesus do that? Because Thomas missed church the first night. And then when he finally makes it to church, (laughs) Jesus, hey, I'm not going to believe because you guys have said it. I'm not going to believe until I absolutely touch those nail prints myself, till I feel that wound in his side, I won't believe. So Jesus, with the door shut now, but see, this speaks to me so... You may not think this is a big deal. I know this is a big deal. That body that came out of the tomb now had additional glory on it. That body that came out of the tomb, that body went in the tomb, dead, wounded and pierced. That same body, now alive, Jesus, the door was locked. The Bible was very specific in saying that the door was locked. Came through and now all of a sudden that body can go through walls and doors and everything else because there's a different glory. There's something different. You and I, my brothers and sisters, will experience that one day. See, you're young. It doesn't matter. You're strong. You know. Wait till you get old like me. Don't let the boyish looks fool you. I'm pretty old. So now watch. When we get old, we, uh, that's, this stuff means more to me now. I don't have to worry about it. And, and in fact, I always tell everybody else, I'm going to be about at least six foot four in the next life. When God restores me and I get the new body, it's going to be at least six four, right? It may not be, but here's the good part. It doesn't matter how big the vessel is. The vessel is going to be experiencing a whole different glory. No more pain. No more aches. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the best thing about it is, I'll be with Jesus. I'll be with Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You and me. Hallelujah. 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 So look, Thomas, man, there has to be this thing that gets my attention. I'm not going to believe. I am not going to believe. It's not, it's not, I can't, I got... 
there's got to be that thing that gets my attention. There has to be this aha moment. Aren't we all waiting for that? No, not all of us. Some of us are. Some of us are. Remember, let's go. You know, Jesus, I mean, Peter. Then he's P- Peter is 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 this? He's an enigma. He's 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 such a strong character, but yet so weak in some ways. And he reminds me of me, to a great degree. On the one hand, I'm ready to stand with. You. Let's go to Luke chapter five. Now, Jesus is preaching from Peter's boat. Peter already knows who Jesus is. He's probably already heard him preach. He's already been introduced to Jesus. But Peter, they're in the boat. Jesus is getting pressed in. He gets in Peter's boat and he starts to preach. Right? Are you with me? Okay, so after he, get done, he gets done preaching, you know the story. He says, okay, let's go out and drop the nets. Uh, Peter, nah. Lord, we've been at it all night. There's no fish out there. And, and besides that, it's the wrong time of the day. He's not saying it. He's thinking, Lord, we toiled all night. Yeah, nevertheless, at your word, all right, I'll, pl- I'll placate you. All right, Lord, I'll, we'll do this. He goes out there and you know the story. The nets are breaking. In verse 8 of chapter 5 of Luke, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. From now on you'll be fishers of men. You'll fish for men. See that? Now, understand, Peter already knew of Jesus. He already had talked to Jesus. He, already, he was already introduced to Jesus. But at this, this was the aha moment. This was the aha moment. The aha moment. The, this moment that got his attention. Are you with me? This moment that got his full attention. So now he has, Jesus has his attention and says, okay, but, but I love the way Peter reacts. See, and this is it, my brothers and sisters. And unfortunately, uh, I think that's why we find ourselves the church at large now finds itself in a bit of a position that it's in. And that is where there may be in the megachurches a lot of people, but how many of them truly have had that moment? Not where they just thought they met Jesus, but that moment where they got down and they said, I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful man or woman. Recognizing who he is and in light of that, who I am. But then at that same moment, recognizing for us, we get to look back and we get to see what Jesus did on the cross for us, knowing that he knew how stinky I was, knowing that he knew that I'm a sinful man. But he still got up on that cross. He still let them beat him and he still got up on that cross for me. So now I look at Jesus and I say, I'm a sinful man. I I, I need to change. For me, that was my aha moment. I didn't need to see Jesus part any water or walk on the water. I didn't need to walk on the water myself. And I think for some of you, and maybe a lot of you, and maybe some that are watching and listening, that's, that's all that it took. Maybe there was something going on in your life. But then, nevertheless, Peter spends the next three plus years with Jesus, right? He spends the next three plus years with Jesus. There are a lot of things that, ha- that happens. I mean, uh, Peter was always the one that was bold, as we discussed on Wednesday. He was always the one to speak. And sometimes he put his foot in his mouth, but sometimes it was just, hey, who do you say I am? I say that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood hasn't revealed to you this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. 
That was not a foot-in-the-mouth moment. That was a rhema moment. You got word directly out of heaven. But then right after that, when Jesus starts talking about how he has to go to death, same, same Peter, uh-uh, it ain't going to happen. Far be it from you, Lord. Ain't going to let it happen. Get behind me, Satan. You're a reproach to me because you're thinking like a man. Right? Okay, so, so Peter, like Tony. Like Tony. See, I, I can't say like you. I, I, I'm only going to say of me. Like Tony, man, I, I, you know, yeah, I'm on fire for God and sometimes, but then there are those moments. No, God, this can't be. No, God, this shouldn't be. Really? Really? Come on. I'm not scaring you, am I? <laughs> but three plus years with Jesus and, and, and just he's, he has this, this love for Jesus. It's not agape yet. He's not capable of that. But he loves Jesus as his teacher, as, as, as this more than just a, a, an everyday teacher, as someone who is relatable, someone who he sees not just as uh, uh, this, this religious teacher who's just steeped in the law and is able to quote all of the, the law and the prophets and, and he's able to do these things and all that. No, he sees someone who's going and sitting down with sinners and preaching this good news to them, and telling them that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is available to them. Oh, oh, oh. This, this is, this is, all of this is the aha moment. But Peter had that initial aha moment, didn't he? God got his attention. Jesus got his attention right now. I just, I'm going to continue before I stick. All right? So now, in Luke uh, 22, further along, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. See, Jesus says, I, you know, I know you're going to leave me. I know you're going to leave. I know you're departing. But I also know you're going to return. And when you've returned, here's the job for you. Here's what I'm calling you to do. You see that? 33, but he said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, the Lord said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you even know me. Amen? All this stuff. Now, all of us are familiar with all this. I mean, I'm not... I went on the mountaintop yesterday, or and actually it was, it was early this morning. I'm not say, no, I'm not saying that. But my brothers and sisters, there is a message here, I think, that is so pertinent, and I know it's so pertinent because God would not have woke me up this morning and filled this in. Somebody, including me, needs to hear this. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is taken to the high priest. But, 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 but wait, let, me, let me go back to Peter. Peter is, is just this, this complex thing, but like I said, I could, I could relate to him so readily. And, and I can't stand here and pretend that, you know, I'm this pastor and I've got all of this spiritual acumen and nothing of like, you know, I, I, I go on the top of the mountain and then I come back down on Wednesdays and Sundays and, you know, address the congregation. No, I'm a, I'm a person like you all. And whether I'm old, young, or somewhere in between, we have these everyday things that we need to go ahead and go through. But my brothers and sisters, are we, listen, does God have our attention as we're going through these everyday things? Or, or is it always that one thing that has to remind us? Is God, are you looking for God, or are you in the habit of, you, I need this kick? And you're looking for the next kick instead of just spending time with God. Instead of just enjoying the relationship that you already have with God. I just need this next thing. Whatever that 
next thing may or may not be. So, so Peter, no, no, I'm ready. I'm going to. I'm going. I'm ready to die with you. I ain't, I'm not leaving you. I'm ready to go to death with you. So then we know Jesus gets arrested. But when they come to arrest Jesus, Peter draws a sword. Because as I said, I think I said it on Wednesday. So Peter wasn't totally speaking out of school. When he drew that sword, he knew that there were, you know, someone might fight back. This was the temple guard that came with Jesus. These were armed soldiers that came to arrest Jesus. So now, when he says, I'm ready to die with you, well, maybe he was. But see, look, watch. We do know that Paul, I'm sorry, Peter did die for Jesus. Paul did too, by the way. But we know that Peter did die for Jesus, right? So when he said that, man, he might not have been totally capable of it at that point, but there was still my brothers and sisters. You see what I'm saying? Peter was called to a purpose. He had it in him. God went ahead and and he had to go through that process. See, some of us are a little bit, because of our age, maybe not to... I'm a little bit further along in the process just because I'm old. I'm a little bit... but, But we're all still going through this process. And don't fight the process... Don't fight the process. Understand that God, you know, you're, you're further along than you were when you started and God got you there and He didn't get you there to leave you there. Don't fight the process. God, God has ordained a purpose and a plan for you. God has plans for you. God has put something in you. Don't fight it. But don't sit there and wait for that aha moment before you get up and move. Don't wait for that next aha moment so that you can change direction if you need to change direction. Don't wait for that next aha moment to do the right thing, to do the things that you know that God has already called you to do. I may not be exactly where God wants me at the end of my journey, but I know that He's got a special spot for me here. I need to fulfill what He's given to me here. Here. Amen? Amen? Oh, right. I'm glad you agreed with me. So now remember, now Jesus is taken to the high priest. And what does it say in Matthew? I'm going I'm to have it up there so you don't have to remember it. In Matthew 26, what does it say? That as Jesus was being taken away, Peter followed him at a distance. See, Peter followed him at a distance. See, my brothers and sisters... I think that that's where a lot of people in the church, quote-unquote, I'm using the air quotes here, the, in the, that's where some of us are, a lot of people are, I believe, that we know of Him, and we're following Him to the degree that we feel comfortable following Him, to the degree that our lifestyle will allow us to. In fact, I've said it before, I'll say it again, unfortunately, some of us want to continue, and uh, we live our life, and we invite Jesus into our life, to join us in our life, instead of the way it's supposed to be, and that is we give our life up to join His life. Right? See, that's so easily said, isn't it? Right, young people? That's so easily said. I could say that so it just rolls right off the tongue. But it's hard to do. Right? Impossible to do without Him impossible to do. And that's why he doesn't expect us to do that. He says, I'm going to give you my word. I'm giving you my spirit. We're going to do this together. I don't need another aha moment. I don't need another attention getter. He got my attention. 
He got my attention first when he was up on that cross 2,000 years ago. Oh, no, no, I wasn't there two... I'm old, I'm not that old. I'm not that, you know, I wasn't there 2,000 years ago. But he's allowing me to see it. And as far as he was concerned, I was there 2,000 years ago. Because when he got up on that tree, when he was up on that cross, every sin that I've committed or ever will commit was hanging right there with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He had me in mind when he, when he was hanging on that cross. You too. Amen. Hallelujah. So Peter's following him at a distance. And so now, my brothers and sisters, we see what happens. Peter's following him at a distance, and now the test comes. What test? Oh, he follows him at a distance, he's keeping his distance, and then he's in the courtyard of the, of the high priest. And now you have these people, and they start accusing him. Hey! You, right? You guys know the story. The third time that he was actually accused... He was so passionate about his denying Christ, he actually flared up. He had a, a little t- temper tantrum and cursed. Oh, we know you were with him. You, you're one of them. Well, your, your language, how you speak, your accent. <laughs> Tony, I know you're from New Jersey. <laughs> your accent gives you away. I know that you were one of them. I know you were with the Galilean. No! And he curses and denies Jesus. I'm going to read to you from Luke 22, 60 through 62. Immediately when he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. When I think of this, I get choked up. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You're there being accused and you see your Savior, the one that you just walked with, that you lived with, night and day for about three and a half years. He's been beaten already once, at least once, maybe more, but he's been beaten. He's, he's chained up. You t- I'm, 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 I'm ready to die with you, Lord. I'm, gonna, I'm ready to die with you. No, 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 Peter. Here's what's really going to happen. You're going to leave me. No, no. So then, just as the Lord said it would happen... He gets the words out of his mouth, the rooster crows, and I could just imagine Jesus and him making eye contact. Can you imagine that? I'm serious. That gives me chills just thinking about it. No wonder why he went away weeping bitterly. It it crushed him. It crushed him. Brothers and sisters, I'm afraid for those of us who may have um, been Christians for a long time or we grew up in the church or whatever, our status with the Lord was one way or another, but something happened along the way. And I may be talking to someone who's watching online or listening. Something happened along the way. And we denied Christ. Maybe not exactly orally, but we've denied Him with our actions. And by the way, some of the things that we have said. And so we felt that that, that crushing, that, that heartache and that heartbreak. And so we know somewhat what Peter may have experienced. We've experienced it. When we know that we absolutely blew it. We sinned and it's... And, we, and see, but here's the thing, my brothers and sisters. 
the pain is, is so great at some times, especially if you really had a, a serious relationship with the Lord. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about a passing relationship. I'm talking about a serious relationship with the Lord. Something happened. And you gave in. And it was so painful. You feel the guilt and the shame and the pain. And it's, it's great. And then sometimes we react different. We're, we, we, instead of, the pain is so great and the, and the guilt and the shame, is, is, it, it, it haunts us. So that now, we don't even want to get near Christians. You know, we won't go to the church because it reminds us. Come on, see now, I, n- I may not be speaking to anybody in this room, but I think I am. Where we've gone away and you know, we've stayed away. We didn't even want to be near Christians. We didn't want to read the Bible anymore. We didn't want to hear any messages anymore. Why? Because when we did, we were reminded of our failure and we're reminded of the pain that we, that we number one, caused Jesus, but it, it causes us pain. It causes discomfort. We're no longer comfortable. So then, we look for comfort in other places. Remember what Jesus said to him, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked, asked for you that he may sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brothers. My brothers and sisters, if you are a serious Christian, know this. Jesus, when you fail and you fall, Jesus did not give up on you. He's making intercession with the Father for you. So instead of waiting for that next great thing, but please, I'm saying, don't look for comfort in something or someone else. See, if you're in the middle of that pain, if you're in the middle of that heartache, and you even want to say, I don't believe what Pastor Tony says, it doesn't work. Oh, it does. It's real. That's why he's saying, I'm praying that your faith don't fail. Why? Because you have to believe it. I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith won't fail. But even, watch this, even in the middle of that failure, even in the middle of all of that bitter weeping, even in the middle of that pain and sorrow, I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail and you will return and you will strengthen your brothers. Hallelujah. That's the way God feels about you. So when it happens, my young people... It's bound to happen. I'm not, I'm not speaking negative in your life. I'm not speaking a spiritual negative into your life. But here's what I'm saying though. If it were to happen, that's not the end. And don't seek comfort in something or someone else. Jesus is still there. He still loves you. He's there with open arms. Don't get into any bad habits. Don't get into any, with the bad crowd, the people that want to accept you just the way you are. Jesus has already accepted you just the way you were. Jesus knew you were going to fall, and He still got up on the cross for you. None of those people who say, oh, we just love you the way you are, then none of them got on the cross for you. None of them. But Jesus did. He proved that He loved you. He proved that you, even though you may stink on ice and you didn't deserve it, He proved that He loved you just the way you were. And He loved you so much, He didn't want to keep you the way you were. He gave you the means by which you can change and be like Him. Oh, this is good preaching. I don't care what anybody says. Oh my. I'm blessing myself up here, I'm telling you. I don't know why this place isn't packed out right now. 
No, it's God. It's God. It's God telling you He loves you. And there's going to be this bitterness. There's going to be this weeping. But even in the middle of that, Jesus is making intercession for you. He still values you highly. He still loves you. He hasn't given up on you. Don't give up. And don't look to anybody or anything else. That's all I'm going to say to you on that. Don't let your attention go somewhere else and don't look for him to come and knock on your door. I'm going to tell you right now, maybe you can look for him to knock on your door. Maybe he is right now through this message. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and he's reminding you that he hasn't forgotten you. He's reminding you that even though you've made some mistakes, he loves you. And this is your aha moment. Hallelujah. This is your ha-ha moment. This is the thing that's meant to get your attention. I love you. I've never given up on you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then, after these things, John 21, verses 1 through 3, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And, at that, and, and, and in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathaniel of Cana, in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John, and two other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. What, what happened? What just happened? We know that he has, he's already saw Jesus. He's seen Jesus at least twice. On the first day that Jesus rose, and then on the eighth day when Thomas finally attended church. Are you, are you there? So we know that Peter's at least seen him twice. And so now there's so many days that had gone in between. There's a lot of days that had gone in between. So now look, watch. This still ain't happening like I thought it would happen. Yeah, Jesus is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. We've seen his body twice. He's spoken to us at least twice. But things still aren't this. What's going on here? I'm still Peter. I'm not sitting at his right hand in his kingdom. He's not taking the throne. The Romans are still in charge. I still got these religious zealots and, you know, want to kill us. I mean, I still got to be worried. What, what's going on here? Are you, uh, come on now. It's not supposed to be like this. It shouldn't be like this, should it? Jesus is risen. Everything is hunky-dory. Sunshine and lollipops from here on out. They can't even kill him and keep him dead. No. Well, forget it. I'm going to go back to what's familiar. I'm going to go back and I, listen, I could take, I, I got, I've got to grind it out. I'm going to make, I'm going to make sure that um, I'm, I'm, I'm at least doing something that I know. Something that I'm comfortable with. I'm going to, I've got to take care of my family. I've got to take care of my family. I've got neighbors. I've got, man, I've got an extended family. Now I've got, you know, I've got a business. I mean, I can't, I can't lose my boat. I've got to, man, I've got to, okay, three and a half years, but, you know, now what? Are you with me? Man, I've been in uh, the Lord for a pretty long time. Again, don't let the boyish looks fool you. I've been in the Lord for a pretty long time. And there have been times, okay, Lord, especially in these last days, but and now I'm seeing in these last days as, as the prophecies are being fulfilled and I find myself in the middle of a specific to- spot on God's timeline, I thank God that I know and it's, it's been this long so that I am learned enough in the Scriptures where I can see what's going on around me and I know here's where we are. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But he didn't know. He didn't look. He's not looking at it like that. 
hey, they, they still, I think, are of the mind that, okay, our, we're going to have this Davidic king, not this eternal king, then we're going to have this Davidic king, and we're going to be set up on earth for the rest of the time. Hallelujah. But it's not happening. What's going on here? I'm going fishing. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do the things that make me comfortable. I'm going to do the things that I know to do. I've still got these responsibilities that I have to take care of. I still have to take care of my family. I still have to have a roof over the head. I still have to have a meal once in a while. Are you with me? Okay? Now, am I saying anything that's totally off the wall here? Have I, have I taken great latitude? He's already had some of these aha moments. You and I, assuming that we have had a, a, a real encounter with Jesus, and we went to the cross, and we left, our, and we repented. We truly repented. We've already had that aha, God has already gotten our attention. But now we see these everyday struggles. We see these things that are, that are going on in our lives, and we, you know what? That's God getting your attention. It's not going the way I planned, Lord. Hallelujah, I think someone is listening. It's not going the way I planned, Lord. Or Lord, you know, this person who was so close to me now just really doesn't want to be bothered with me. Or Lord, I've suffered this hurt or harm. Uh, No, this isn't supposed to be this way. Lord, they're talking about me behind my back. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. Lord, if I am like you and I go to school this way, they're going to mock me and criticize me. Lord, when I go and I talk about you, um, you know, it's, it's wrong. They tell me that I'm wrong. Lord, when I act according to your word, things, things go bad. Lord, I'm doing the best that I can to serve you, but I still have a myriad of problems. You know, I still have these payments that are just... I still have a boss that's all over me, a job that I have to go to every day, a school where the schoolwork is just burying me right now. I just and friends who I can't count on and, and this is going wrong and that's going wrong and the kids forget about it. They won't listen. The kids are driving me crazy. Wait a minute. Maybe that's the Lord getting your attention again. Maybe you got a little bit too comfortable. Maybe you started thinking, well, especially in this American culture, don't even have to work very hard anymore and you get money handed to you. So, I could get food. I could, you know, I'll go to Catherine's house. I could quit work today and go to Catherine's house. But, 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 but no, seriously, are, are you with me? See, I, I'm, I'm not struggling for anything, really. If you get right down to it, someone will help me out. Christian or not. So, I'm not suffering a whole lot when you get right down to it, but then all of a sudden, you think about, well, my grandkids, my kids, my, my wife, my, my church, my this, my that, and put, just fill in the blank for yourself. School. Uh, you know, Tori Beth is all over me. <laughs> no, come on. Are, are you with me? Watch. So maybe that's God saying, time to get down on your knees it's time to spend some quality time with me now you got a little comfortable things were going a little bit good so are you saying that God causes those bad things to happen he allows them he allows them we cause them most of the time with bad decisions we cause them but I want to tell you this And I'm going to tell you something that you all in this room and maybe even watching already know. 
You're in a spiritual battle. Your enemy is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You're in a spiritual battle. And as far as the enemy of our soul is concerned, you're just a pawn. You mean absolutely nothing to him. He wants to destroy you to put it in God's face. So a lot of these situations and these circumstances have everything to do with the decisions we make by the temptations that are put before us because of Him, your enemy. A lot of the things that we suffer, um, maybe it's because of the decision of somebody else. The enemy's still behind it. I didn't mean to bring this somberness over you, but at the same time. So, so, you know, we're looking for comfort, we're looking for peace, we're looking for a lot of these things. My, my, my brothers and sisters, God gave them to us supernaturally. Love, joy, peace, right? Patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, long-suffering, gentleness, all nine of them right there. And if you look at all nine of those, if you have those, if you have love, joy, and peace, wouldn't you consider, man, that's a good life to live. Love, joy, and peace. And the peace that God gives, that's wholeness, it's wellness, it's deliverance from everything you're taken care of. Can you believe that? But God has given us that in the Spirit. Because I'll be honest with you, old Pastor Tony is not always feeling very peaceful and joyous every minute of every day. So that's my cue. God, help me. God, forgive me. God, reveal something to me. Come on. That's, that's my, what's got my attention. Is, 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 is it totally and solely on whatever that thing in that moment can bring me joy, peace? Is it, is it that in that moment? Because, listen, as it relates to Tony, I may lean towards something that I'm comfortable. I may be Peter. This isn't turning out quite like I thought it would. Therefore, I'm going to go and do something that makes me comfortable. Or, you know, you know I'm, I'm totally stressed out right now because of all of these things that are upon me. So I'm going to go ahead and just look for some relief. So I'm going to look for it, and, and, and our tendency is going to be, and I know I'm going backwards here, but our tendency is then to seek that in somebody else or something else. That's a bad decision, isn't it? And then we come to that place where we've maybe strung a couple of those bad decisions along, and now all of a sudden we feel guilt. We feel shame. We feel pain. So what is it that we do? Don't worry about that. I want to remind you of something. Moses, who is a type of Jesus. We're going back in Exodus 2, 21 and 22. Before God called Moses, even though Moses was, God had a plan from him before he was even in his mother's womb. Look what it says in verse 21 of chapter 2. Then Moses was content to live with the man, Jethro, the priest of Midian, his father-in-law, and gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses, and she bore him a son. 
He called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. So look, Moses was born for something else, had a call on his life. But now Moses is in this place where he's content. Why? Because the thing that God bore him for, the thing that God raised him for, tending after a flock, he was doing that. He had a family. He had these things. He was in relative comfort, but he was also being semi-fulfilled because as far as he's concerned, he's tending a flock. But that wasn't the flock that God wanted him to attend. It was the children of Israel. That was the flock that he was to go after. That was the flock that he was to lead. That was the flock that he was to feed. Are you with me? So where are you? And what is the absolute attention getter? Shouldn't it be just what Jesus has done for us? But maybe there's some testimonies in here which you don't have to share right now. But maybe there are some testimonies in here where you can say that, yes, I would, even after I was born again, there was this aha moment that meant everything to me. It changed my total trajectory. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, my church, my people, those who I love, I've had a lot of attention-getting moments. Because maybe my attention span wasn't always what it should be. And God has gotten my attention a lot with some things. Amen? Hey, wait till you have kids. God will get your attention. I'm just telling you something. And then grandkids and everything. See, I'm not trying to be funny. I, I said it may be too crass. But it's true. The enemy knows where to hit you. But God knows how to save you. Amen? So, whatever it is, whatever you're battling, whatever it is that maybe you think that, you know, this is the aha moment. This is the attention-getting moment. I hope it is. I hope it is. Don't let this moment go by. I know that, man, there are probably people here or people listening, and I know I've had people in here I think way too spiritual for this. No. That's beneath me. I've already been there, done that. Live a little longer on this earth. Live a little longer on this earth. I've got great news that I want to end with. No matter what position you find yourself in, Jesus loves you. So if you're on the mountaintop right now, enjoy it, but enjoy it to Him. Give glory to Him. If you're in the valley, you're not by yourself. And if you've messed up two, three, four times, doesn't matter. In this moment, God is speaking to somebody. He's speaking to your heart. And He's speaking life back into you. Don't worry about the mistakes. Don't worry about what you've done, how many times you've done it. Don't worry about that. This is the moment where you go to Him and you say, Jesus, I love you. Forgive me. And Jesus says, I love you. Welcome home. Amen? Stand with me, please.
if you have, if there may be some who are listening, and I'm, hopefully no one in this room, but maybe maybe there is, but you've never had that initial moment. You've maybe you have, maybe you went to an altar and you prayed when you were knee high to a grasshopper, and you said, "Lord, Lord you repeat after me, Jesus, yes, I'm a sinner, Jesus, I'm a sinner. and you repeated that prayer." I'm not in any way saying, that, "Oh, that wasn't a good intentions," but I'm saying to you, my brother or my sister or my about to be brother or sister. You need to have a moment where you say, Jesus, I am a sinner. The things that I've done are not acceptable to you. Against you, these things are sin. So Lord, forgive me. I want to give myself to you. I want to be born again. I want to live after you. I want to change the way I'm living and I want to live right. So Jesus, I give myself to you. If that's never happened to you, if you've never prayed that prayer or at least something like that where you're just absolutely leaving the old life at the cross and you're making yourself available totally and wholly to Jesus. Oh, that doesn't mean you walked away with the halo around your head with wings, new wings that just sprouted and you're going to be, you know, the angels are singing everywhere you walk. No! It doesn't work that way. You know that. But no, something changes down on the inside. And now when you read the Word of God, something is different. Those words mean something different. I'm talking about having that kind of experience, church, people, whoever is listening, whoever needs to know that. Make that this time. Let this be that attention-getting moment where you give it to Jesus once and for all. And now I want to speak to those who have had one of those moments. You know that you were born again. And you changed and you walked. And you had fellowship with Jesus by His Spirit. But something happened. There were disappointments. You try to work it out in your own strength. And you drifted. And then you found yourself in that position where it became so comfortable for you to do according to your own strength and your own will that you just... That's where you're at. And maybe the things of God aren't as interesting to you anymore or you know you could take messages like this or leave them you'll hear the good stuff your blessing is right around the corner but any message like this that wasn't for me this is for you and this is your attention getting moment God loves you he never gave up on you and he will never give up on you and all of the comfort that you think you're getting wherever you find yourself all of the strength that you think you have and you're working those things out, that's temporal, temporary. God has eternity for you. God has true peace and love and joy for you. Don't give up. He hasn't. Amen? Amen. Church, I love you. I love you. But God loves you more. I didn't die for you, but He did. So, Father, we give all honor, glory, and praise to you. And we thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, I pray that when we leave here, Holy Spirit, you will continue to minister to our hearts. Father, minister to us individually. Lord, there's some meat here that, that maybe I didn't even realize was here, but you're ministering to every heart, to every soul. Father, you've got a calling on everyone's life. And Father, it is according to that purpose and to that plan that this message will speak to. I believe it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
and amen. Now, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. And I'll see you Monday, Wednesday, if Jesus don't come back. If he comes back, I'll see you Monday, Wednesday. Hallelujah. Give him glory. Amen.